There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Let's get into it. Broncos defeat the Warriors. 40 points to 12 because it says 40 points to 10 here. Uh, they beat them 40 points to 12, though. But my notes say 40 points to 10. Uh, right. 42, 42 points to 12. 42 Sorry, 12. still got it wrong. 42 to <laughs> 12. Yeah, don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry about it. Broncos defeat the Warriors 42 to 12. All right. Let's get it out of the way. Just wait. <laughs> All right, Warriors fans, let's fucking do it, eh? <laughs> let's fucking do it. Okay, forward pass by Rhys Walsh. My personal opinion, in the grand scheme of things, they still win uh, the Brisbane Broncos. I don't think it affected the result, but I personally think that we spoke about unacceptable decisions, unacceptable calls from the referee and touch judges last week in the Harry Grant one. This was one of those unaccepted calls. Now, I will say that there is a little bit more of defence for the referee because of the angle that he was in. But the, both the touchies, for them to miss that is nothing short of outrageous. Nothing short of outrageous. And it's actually, in my opinion, and I think most Warriors fans, reasonable Warriors fans, believe that, okay, maybe we wouldn't have won the game, but it did rob us of an opportunity in a key part of mm. the game to get back into it. And I think that's a fair, definitely a fair comment or a fair opinion to have. Um, but a call like that, it robs both teams of a clean win or loss. If I feel like a lot of Warriors fans, if that play didn't happen and they still lost 42 to 12, be like, you know what? We got dominated by a really good Brisbane side. We lost cleanly. But the problem is, is that Warriors have to, fans have to go away going, what would have happened in that moment if that was called forward? Would have we scored that next set and then it's 24 to 16 or 24 to 18 and all of a sudden we're back in the match? Broncos fans have to deal with, oh, you wouldn't have won if that forward pass didn't happen. And we sit there, oh, come on, guys. Like, we won by 30 points. Surely the forward pass isn't the reason why we won it. So I actually think both fans suffer from such a bad call. And even if the Broncos may most likely still would have won the game, it's an unacceptable call. Both touch judges, even the video ref, just whisper in it. Just whisper in his ear. Just a little whisper, baby. (laughs) 
That was 10 metres forward. Just say that. I don't understand how we can let those go. Boys. How painful was it watching the replay, watching when the, oh. it went upstairs and everyone has to watch a blatant yeah. no try, but we can't do anything about it. And look, I get it. I don't want the bunker ruling on every forward pass that goes on in a game. But surely let's apply some common sense. Like, that is so outrageous. Just call it a knock-on. Call it intentionally <laughs> forward. Do you know what I mean? Call it intentionally forward. Say he intentionally threw that forward, therefore it's a penalty. Like, anything. It doesn't make sense. And this is where it gets hard because, you know, people's knee-jerk reaction to that is we have to be able to call forward passes and, you know, sure, but... We will be checking oh, everything. God, like, can you imagine? Like, yes, there is that one howler that was a shocker. There is no doubt about it. But could you imagine how many line balls <sighs> we would get wrong if we were able If Because the last thing I want to say, and people called for it this weekend, I really don't think people are thinking this through. Do you really want every single try to be sent upstairs and for them to draw lines on the fucking screen to make sure every single pass? Mate. It's, and, <sighs> and also, like, even, even ball technology, it's just like... We're just adding another reason for more stops to be in the game. As soon as you have stops, you all complain about yeah. it. Oh, the game's too slow. It fucking sucks. We hate this. Yeah. The, it, the, yeah, the odd howler is worth it not to make a game go for an extra hour because they go upstairs oh, for every forward yeah. pass. And very rarely do these howlers cost yeah. games. And Warriors fans might want to tell me it cost them a game. It didn't. Absolutely. It's a pre prelim final. Yeah. You, you allowed 11 line breaks. You allowed 25 offloads and missed 50 tackles. Yeah. It goes deeper than that one play that happened. Yeah. And, and teams are on the bad end of shit decisions all the time. It happens, let's be fair, most weeks in rugby league. Yeah. We know Roosters and Storm last what you spoke about. But and, and it I didn't know, cost them I know Warriors fans will be sitting there going, yeah, but it happens to us more often. Uh. I actually think the Warriors fans, at least for this year, have been pretty good on the end of – they've got some pretty good 50-50 calls go their way. Uh, actually, I remember one – happening and I remember the fans going hey you know what I can have a us. at least we got one this time I forget what it was but there was a huge call that went their way towards the end of the season um yeah I, again though like I still believe like that is such an unacceptable like touchies <sighs> I know I know I'm pro referee guys so please you shouldn't insult them you shouldn't abuse them it's not like they intentionally did it but I just don't understand because when you watch that replay if you go back and watch it closely Adam Pompey, who is like behind Reese Walsh, puts his hands up and blows up. And that's what I don't get is like, how did Adam see it, yeah. but no touchy saw it? I just, it just baffles me. When I see stuff like that, I'm like, are we, are we like, is, are we just like, not intentionally letting those go, but it just doesn't make sense that we can call the Wade Egan one where he just jumps out of dummy half. It's a line ball. It's 50-50. Sometimes you get him something. And then we don't call that one. I just don't get it. And some people have said, oh, Reese Walsh was too quick. But it's like, bro, Reese Walsh is quick, but he's not that much quicker. <laughs> he doesn't than move the speed of light. Yeah, not like, far off we, it, but not on. quite there. You're telling me Reese Walsh is that much quicker than Billy Slater? Like, Come on, guys. He's quick, but he's a human being. It would be like literally 0.5 of a second yeah. that he'd be quicker over 10 metres than Billy Slater or any of the other fullbacks that are quick. It was, it was a Hall of Famer for oh. all-time Barry's, wasn't it? And the, the concern going forward is that's two games in a row with absolutely Barry calls. And again, I'm a referee supporter. We should not abuse them at all. But... How can you not, as a rugby league fan or as a Warriors fan or a Roosters fan, feel like you've been shafted mm. 
when you support your team all year long, you pay money all year long, and it's uh, uh, something that seems so obvious, three people can't see. Thank, thank God it wasn't 24, 22 oh. full-time or something like... Because <laughs> then you really could say it cost them the game Definitely. because it was a try. Yeah. It literally was a try. It is bizarre that, like, they don't... And I understand you can't rule on forward passes, but, like, even if you don't tell us you've got it, surely they should have a mic, a mic in a ref's yeah. ear to just occasionally go, whoa, 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 yeah. hold on, hold on. You've missed by a country mile here. Yeah. You might be two seconds late. Just call it, though. Yeah, and don't and don't tell us. And it's like the emergency red mm, button. Yeah. Don't tell us. We don't have to know. Yeah. We don't have to know. Just, just yeah. the ref can say he saw it. Yeah. Whatever. Like, with situations like that where it's so hectic... Just, just, just take care of it. Like, and you know what? There, there has been, um, there is. Uh, what's the word? Um, not prerequisite, but um, a standard set to a degree. There has been tries where they know that a bad call's been made, so they look for other things. other things. Yeah. That, so it, it has happened before. It yeah. has happened before. And unfortunately, the only other thing that went wrong in that play was the second forward pass. Yeah. <laughs> like, that they also <laughs> couldn't rule on. <laughs> You know what? They should have gone up to the rear and said, too hot, grease wash, too hot. That's why you didn't get the penalty, bro. <laughs> and we ought to be like, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll take the too hot penalty. Then that call, what are you going to say, Matty? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I'm not... I'm going to be in the minority here. I don't think I agree with what you guys just said, that the bunker should clue up the ref. Because I think we saw... Like, last week was a one-in... Like, how often do we see something like that? Like, I know we see absolute howlers, but that was an absolute howler. I reckon the best example is two weeks ago when Dylan Lucas scored. The first 50 angles of that, you're like, wow, that's such an obvious full pass. And then you look at that one sneaky camera angle around the side, which showed it actually came out of, backwards out of the hands. I reckon there's just too much yeah, grey area. That's, that's a 50... Like, that's... That's a proper... We're stressing on... And passes like this, like it is red button shit, break the glass, we need it now. Because yeah, well, this is a travesty. If that's the case then, then that would have been the only one of the year. No, yeah, I for reckon. sure. And that's all we're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like in the Harry Grant situation, you just all in oh that was like a million percent of knock on. We're not saying you use it for every game. We're saying it for like this huge moments, huge game. Like matter of fact, Maybe don't even use it in season. Yeah, for nothing else, use it just in finals. Just in finals where like the game is on the line. We're not sitting there going the Dylan Lucas one that may or may not be forward. Yeah, it looks kind of forward. We're talking about one that literally like, even as soon as it happened, you heard Cam Smith go, because he was like, what the yeah. f- Yeah, and even more so to our point, Matty, I don't want to know about it. Yeah. And don't I don't want anyone. to even be aware of it or talk about it. Don't it's tell just- anyone. It was a ref's decision. It was a touchy decision. I, honestly, seriously, I just, anyway. So I understand why Warriors fans feel I, – I, I, get, I get where Warriors are coming from whereas they're, when they're saying, we just want a clean loss. Give us a clean loss without that so we can just go, you know what, we weren't as good. And Broncos, give us a clean win. Anyway, let's get into the game now. Um, Broncos defeat the Warriors. First of all, so proud of the Brizzy Broncos. I mean, what a season. What an incredible, I guess, turnaround. But – it is a turnaround technically, but we have saw this. We saw this last year with this squad. They were at the top of the table for a period. They were a top four side for essentially most of the season. So it is definitely a turnaround, but to see them get into a grand final, I don't think people appreciate how much could have gone wrong for them heading into this end of the season. And to do it where you take off Paddy Carrigan, Reese Walsh and Reynolds, basically with 20 to 15 minutes to go, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. Uh, I'm, yeah, super, super proud of the boys. For the Warriors, they can hold their heads high. Like, I think that it's become pretty apparent 
and we've been saying it for quite a while, Broncos and Panthers are on a different level. They're on a different tier this year. Now, maybe that will change when the Warriors get some recruits in or whatever, but unfortunately, I just don't know whether any other team as it stands has not only the roster, but also the form in 2023 to compete with Broncos and Panthers. And when you look at the score lines of Broncos and Panthers in this final series, do you have this as a stat or? No. Okay. If you look at the score lines, it's like 68 to 10 for the Broncos. Could you get it up? Yeah. Um, or like maybe 68 to 12, sorry. And then the, the Panthers is like 70 to 10. In two finals games, that's their score. It shows you just how much better these two sides are. Yeah, 68-12 for Bronx. Yeah, shows you how much better these sides are. And I know it sucks for Warriors fans. You know, I, I said it two or three weeks ago, I don't think they're at the level of Penrith and Brisbane, and they're not. But, fuck, you're now better than 14 other teams. This time last year, I would have told you there was 14 teams that were better than you. Mm. Like, you have come... So far, and I thought that in the face of all the advertisement and all the referee decision and everything, God, I thought the coach was fantastic in his press yeah, conference. Yeah, like a pro. You said, we need to take care of our shit, and that's what's going to win you a comp eventually. Mm. That attitude, not pointing fingers. Well, he literally said they made a line break to make that error. Exactly right. And it's like, and we, you know, and, and this is exactly what we spoke about three months ago when the sponsor came out and blew up, and we said, that's not what we'd be trying to build here. Mm. And Webby finally gets his opportunity and he absolutely nails it. Yeah. SJ Johnson in an interview, I don't know when it was exactly recorded, uh, but I was watching it yesterday and he was asked about Webster and the impact he's had on the club this season. He was just saying that he's the ultimate professional. He said, always the first bloke there when he rocks up in the morning and as he's leaving, he's always still there. And he mentions how he never gets rattled. And that's a great example of like how composed he was in the post-game interview. Yeah, SJ said that they lost three in a row earlier in the year and there was you know, a bit of panic sort of starting to set in and Webby just didn't change at all and he was fine and never seemed flustered or anything and it just shone through the whole season yeah. and like the Warriors sure disappointing end of their season but they go into next year they've had a whole year together with a bunch of new faces Webby inherited this team he'll be able to put a few different touches on it probably get a few new faces in exactly what he wants three games of finals experience behind him that will go so far in the next 12 to 24 months well three games of finals experience and you add roger back in and roger Ooh, and That's uh, worth another five yeah as well uh yeah so it's um yeah i think the warriors did a i think they represented them so i know the scoreline look it's interesting because like watching that game i don't know maybe because i was so nervous as a broncos fan but did it really feel like a 42 12 I don't know. Warriors I, had a lot of opportunities. Yeah, like, like, I they, like they their attack really, looked good. Yeah. They, you know, a bit, bit clunky at times. But when they were attacking the Broncos line in that 20, it looked bloody good. Well, giving us massive troubles. Like, that was stripping us by, like, two or three yeah. numbers. It was almost my favourite play of the weekend, despite the Warriors losing. But as a footy nerd, I loved it. The try that they scored down the left side, exact same play as last week with Jackson Ford and Adam mm. Fanua Blake. Mm. Last week, they went to Adam Fanua Blake. You could tell all eyes were on him. And they just went out the back, and that's when they stripped those two or three numbers. Yeah. I, I love the, the, there were two, there was the no try, SJ passing in behind Stags, yeah. which was which was eventually ruled off. And the first try when all the Warriors fans were just been going, we're on here, that sequence, they went down the right edge and I think SJ turned near Cora back on the inside. Mm. They went back down the short side the next play. I think they settled one back into the middle. Then it was on the last tackle of the set. Didn't think run or whatever. SJ was like, they're not going to stop us. And Dallin scored in the corner. They went down the exact same edge three times in four tackles. 
and got him. Four minutes into the game, you go, oh, geez, that's good. Unreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I think that the Warriors should take a lot of confidence out of the fact that when they were in good ball, and I spoke about this before the, uh, the game, is their attack is as good as anyone's mm. in the competition. I mean, that, is, that says something. That, that is not something to sniff at where you go, oh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's only in good ball or whatever. The ability to put on points, look at the Roosters. Imagine if the Roosters had the same ability to put on points the way the Warriors did. They'd probably be in a bloody prelim or maybe even a grand final. So it's nothing to sniff at. So the only thing with the Warriors, and we'll, I get, we'll stay on the Warriors now and then we'll go back to the Broncos. The only concern I have with the Warriors, and maybe it was just due to the fact that, um, you know, Broncos forward pack was just so good with the ball and offloading, but I did feel like they got torn apart by the Broncos forward pack. I, they really struggled in defence to win that initial contact, mm. um, whereas when the Warriors were coming out of trouble, the Broncos were very, very good. I just as, as the first contact, they just stop them straight away. And I think that's what the Panthers do so well. Not only do the Panthers hit you, they actually drag you back, which must be super annoying. Um, whereas the Broncos, when they were coming out of trouble, they just... Mate, they were nearly making like there was a there was a period there. I think in the first twenty or maybe thirty, where the Broncos had like one thousand one hundred meters, and the Warriors had like six hundred meters, which shows you just how explosive that four pack is when it gets rolling. So that's probably the biggest concern for the Warriors going forward. Well, and it'll be interesting to see like this has to be a huge off season for that pack because I mean what we've learned and what they've learned is that they can beat up good and great packs, mm. but elite packs they're not at that level just mm. yet. So how they come back next year, I'm so excited to see how the Warriors and go. And it's it's like I spoke about the preseason last year. For me, the three teams that jumped up in finals last year were Parramatta, Cowboys, mm. Sharks. And we mm. said probably two of them will miss the finals. Two of them missed the finals and one of them went out in the week one of finals after yeah. making a huge jump. The Warriors have made a huge jump this year. There's a reason why there's only X amount of teams that are top four teams every single year. Yeah. Because it's bloody hard to do. Mm. It's going to be a huge test for the Warriors. Hopefully getting Roger back in. And a good injury run and everything can keep them up there. But you know, I really hope that they can keep this going. Mm. Yeah. Just on, you're your right, Kempi. Like, the, the contact in D was quite poor from the Warriors, especially from what we've seen from them this year. And Guru mentioned earlier at the start of the game, 48 missed tackles, but also 42 ineffective tackles mm. compared to 21 from, from the Broncos. So just... And you mentioned it as well earlier, I think 23 offloads from the Broncos. The contact just wasn't there. They just got yeah. dominated. Yeah, so I wonder how, how you fix that. Um, and like, like even like Dallin, Dallin made two brilliant reads shooting in off his wing, mm. but fell off two tackles to let tries in. And so yeah. like the read was there, but the contact wasn't. There was yeah. a couple and he wasn't the only one too. And it's, it's, it's the hardest part of the game to get right because mm. it's the hardest work. No one wants to be rocking up to training and doing defence, defence, defence. I remember... We used to have this thing at the Broncos where if you, however many tackles you missed in a game, you had to go into the sand pit and do like, you know, I don't know, five tackles per miss or whatever. And so it was at the end of training, it was like a Tuesday or a Monday or whatever, and you're just in the pits and then you go into this sand pit filled with poo and shit and fucking <laughs> just leaves and just dirty and you've got to make it to however many you missed. I think it was like two for however you missed, whatever the number was, but yeah, you were in that scene pit getting all grazed up or whatever. Um, and that's just like one part of trying to make sure that contact's good. And so it's going to be interesting to see what Webby does. Does he bring in a defensive coach? Does he, you know, change his systems about? Does he work on the contact? Because against the Panthers, <coughs> uh, like he spoke about, after the Knights game, he spoke about against the Panthers that they weren't playing like themselves. They were almost too aggressive. Yep. But I do feel like, and I think he was right, I think they came out and didn't play like themselves. But 
on the opposite side of things, if you be too kind of systemy and instead of shooting up and getting eight meters up, you get five meters up to make sure that you've got all good wrestle, that's when you can lose the contact. And it's actually what Broncos do really well is they're so aggressive in defense that, okay, maybe they might, um, you know, they could gas or they could have players, they could get stripped of numbers. At the very least, they're going to win the contact because they're coming up mm. so aggressive. Um, and so I wonder what Webby's going to do. And I've got faith that he's going to be smart enough to find the answer to this. But the problem for the Warriors players, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work to sort that. And I mean, this is the exact conversation we were having about Todd Payton last year, wasn't it? Mm. You know, we were so high and so confident on him coming to the season. A lot of people had them winning the comp. Obviously, didn't make the finals this year. So... Huge test for the Wars. I think the positive for the Wars and the, I guess the hindsight hero you could say about the Cowboys, when the Cowboys had that season, they all spoke about we had the craziest preseason ever. Like, mm. you know, we were constantly doing sessions out of nowhere and Peyton was all about making us feel comfortable when we we're uncomfortable. You, you heard about their defensive stuff in their preseason constantly. Whereas I haven't really heard, I've heard we worked hard in the preseason for the Warriors, but I haven't really heard that much from Warriors players talking about this was the craziest preseason mm. we've ever done. And when I hear that, I go, okay, so it wasn't like they just got worked so hard, they were, t- you know, beaten into blades of steel. They were just, I guess, in a good environment that made them feel happy and enjoy their play. So that gives me confidence. But as you said, Kiri, you just don't know. You don't know. This could, they could be the Cowboys of this year. Yeah. I hope they're not. Oh, I hope they're not. Because it has been so fun to watch it Mm. this year. I've got confidence that they'll they'll be at least in the top eight next year. Maybe not top four because they're no longer the team that can ambush. Um, But we'll get in that uh, season uh, review or preview. In regards to performances, um, I thought Chance was great again. I I thought he took some really tough carries where the Broncos were really dominating the forward pack and – you know, I said going into the game, laterally, sometimes the Broncos can struggle because, A, they're high, like big athletes, high-performance athletes. But, B, when you're shooting up out of the line, a little bit of late footwork can just throw you completely out of, out of shot. And I thought Chance was really good at that. At like, every time they were under the pump, he would take a real tough carry. He may not have made that many metres, but he would get a quick play of the ball nearly every time. So I, I thought Chance played quite well. I think something you just mentioned there, mate, it's something that I think that, you know, average fans and myself too probably underappreciate a little bit. It, it, it's that late footwork, mm. how much it can throw you and how much you can just lose a tackle on those. Yeah. Like, it's one thing I've noticed, especially watching that um, Terrell May over the last few weeks. Mm. His footwork, and just it just disrupts everything, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, mate. Well, I mean, guys like Jaden Campbell and even me when I played, like, we should be getting absolutely wristled every play, every play. And yet, you know, obviously Campbell's better than me, but Campbell, he gets dominated sometimes, but nowhere near as much as he should. And it's all because when he gets to the line, he puts on a little bit of late footwork with just gets his body. I mean, look at Reese Walsh. He almost dives into the line with yeah. his late footwork. Um, and that's what sometimes you – I mean, that's what makes Penrith so hard to stop because not only they've got tall – and Taruva and Edwards with late footwork, they're both super strong in contact. So even when you think you've got line speed on them, the next guy, late step, boom, he's straight through the yeah. line, and then you're just fucking on the back foot the whole set. Uh, Wateni Zalesniak, uh, definitely like a mixed bag for him. You know, had some really good moments, but also, you know, those when he did jam in, he missed those tackles. But the two tries, I mean, that intercept try, didn't that just like... Didn't it make the stadium go, almost take a breath like, oh, yeah. like are we yeah. witnessing like a boil over here? Um, obviously, the Broncos managed to pull it in together. Who stood out for you boys in the Warriors? Uh, mate, I, I thought that 
Jackson Ford. Now he's he had a great season. I th- I think he's one that's going to be really really good for the run this year. I think he would have learned a lot of lessons the back end of this season. He's come up with, you know, a few poor plays in the last few weeks, and he obviously had that when he was at was it, he was at first marker, wasn't he? Yeah, it was yeah. a that was a shocker. It was a tough one there. Yeah, and that's all. And I think a lot of Ford's errors over the last few weeks have come down to concentration. He had. He had one a few weeks ago where there was a loose ball in the ground. He dove on it and he tried to offload late and Jazz yeah. knocked on. I just I think he's had a great season and I'm a huge forward fan. But I think he would have learned a lot of lessons from the back end of this season. I'm excited mm. to see how he comes back next year. You mentioned just like a tiny lapse in concentration and there was a, for the Walters trial mm. where he just dove over from dummy half and you're like, that's the difference between winning and losing a preliminary yeah. final and being yeah. in the grand final, isn't it? I was yeah. um, I'm surprised, Gura. I thought you were more of a Holden man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One of your best, speak. Woo! Oh, that wraps Not your worst, it. but definitely not your best. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a big field. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, a bloke that I thought was outstanding for the Warriors and probably player of the match. I know he didn't play that many minutes but when dylan walker came on in that first half he completely changed the complexion of the game i thought that the broncos again it's that smaller forward or that smaller play with a bit of footwork that really gave him trouble mate he was outstanding when he came on i think he had had to come off for a hia and then all of a sudden they lost some momentum again i thought he was really good yeah it's crazy the impact he's had on the warriors isn't Mm. it like especially when you just think about his career like he started off as the best young centre in rugby league, mm. moved to 5'8", and now he's just a middle forward that just comes on and terrorises, like in a pack of giants. He's the one that yeah. almost has the most impact sometimes. He's, uh, I thought he was really good. And doesn't it show you, you know, we talk about, even in Origin, for example, how sometimes it can feel like for New South Wales recently that there's almost not really a plan for selections. It's almost let's wait and see the best form or whatever, and then we select them. Whereas it doesn't show you Webster's incredibly good um, pre-planning for the year. Because when he came to the club, Dylan Walker, a lot of people were like, oh, he's on a big wicket. Are you going to try and squeeze him here and there? Uh, Webster was actually very strong in saying, no, he has been purchased specifically as a 14 to come on and impact the game. So he didn't – I think a lot of coaches, especially rookie coaches – wouldn't commit themselves to something like that. They'd be, oh, we're going to see how he goes. And, you know, Tomato Martin, he might be okay. Metcalf, you know, we're not really sure about him. Maybe we put Walker in six. And I know they did when he was injured. But for him to have the foresight to lock in to the – the that's a, a coach with a clear plan that he's sticking to no matter what. And it makes the player's life so much oh, easier. Mate. Like these – Poor old utilities who get thrown around five, six different positions throughout the year, throughout their career in general mm. – it's such a specialist skill and it's why so few players can do it effectively. But it's hard because yeah. they can't, you know, really spend all their time trying to nail down one position. Well, your body weight changes. Yeah, everything changes. Mm. So, you know, if they have this open-ended, oh, Dylan, we're going to see what the team needs. We're through pre-season. You might be a forward. You might be a back. But for just be able to go, mate, you'll be a utility off the bench, but you're coming on as a middle forward, as a ball-playing mm. forward. That's what you work on. Mate, it's easy, it's it makes life easy. So much easier because... It changes everything for how he trains in the whole freaking mm. preseason. He need, he knows that he needs to be a certain type of fitness for that role. So it's it's short burst fitness. He doesn't need to be a guy that can play eighty minutes. He needs to be a guy that can come on for twenty minutes, high intensity, high repeat speeds, 
and then come off. That literally changes your whole body type. You can afford to have a little bit more muscle mass rather than lean out because if you're playing 80 minutes, obviously you need mm. to be pretty lean. Um, mate, it's so important. And I think that um, if you need another example of that, look at Kalen Ponga, beefed up for his sixth role. For the first few weeks, you could see that he didn't really have the explosiveness he usually does at fullback, loses muscle mass. By the end of the year, he was moving like we know KP can move. It, it, it genuinely matters. And it frustrates me sometimes when fans don't really appreciate, mate, he's trained his whole off-season as a centre and now he's a fullback. Like, you've got to cut him some slack so he has some time to adjust to the, the role. Uh, so, yeah, I thought he was great off the bench. Um, Tohu Harris, once again, got through so much work. Jeez. His body must be hanging on by a thread. <laughs> it is seriously impressive how much tough stuff he gets through. And also, like, how consistently he plays a role in games. Like, you, you almost wait for him. Okay, well, he's had these injuries and, you know, a few nigglies here or there. But he just keeps trucking, trucking against, and trucking. Against, like, one of the most explosive – or probably the most explosive pack in the NRL in the Brisbane Broncos who dominated the Warriors a fair bit. Tohu came out and played 74 minutes. 17 runs for 143 metres, like – do you remember two weeks before finals? The rumor was he wasn't going to play finals. Yeah. Mm. Like he is a like he like it's crazy how the Warriors like they they always just have this sort of player like mm. a Simon Mannering or a, like they've always just got one true warrior. It's almost like it's in Michael their, Luck. Their Kiwi. Michael Luck, yeah, yeah, like, or like the Kevin example, Campions and those mm. sort of guys before. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's in their DNA yeah. always. It is especially Tohu. Doesn't Tohu Harris like and Mannering did as well for sure, but like just that. He represents that Maldi kind of warrior, like in there. It's been in their DNA for thousands and thousands of years, and it feels like he must have been descended from some crazy <laughs> chieftain from a thousand years ago. Do you know what I mean? It must be absolutely. Yeah. Like that's he's the, the way he plays. Like it's just, and that's the reason why he's a captain. Um, I was descended from a toucan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You, uh, you've recovered from that uh, that hold up <laughs> very quickly, mate. You're back. I'll tell you what, we'll clip up all my jokes from this episode and we'll release them <laughs> and we'll see what the people think. Uh, who else stood out for you, boys? Uh, the stats don't show it, but Sean Johnson was excellent, I thought. Mm. Like, he's paid to get him around the park, but Sean Johnson to this team, when you're attacking their 20, that's where he shines, and I thought he did. He... Because he didn't throw the last pass for either try, the Montoya try or the Dallin try, he doesn't get the line break assist, he doesn't get the try assist, but both those tries were all, not all, 75% Sean Johnson, mm. and he's brilliant. Particularly the Montoya one where he straightened up so hard that he was almost running an unders line by the end of it. You just saw every Broncos player turn in, yeah. banging out the back, thanks <laughs> for coming. I, I thought SJ was yeah. really good. And there's another part of his game that you know we know he can do all that, but what I love the most about SJ's game his Broncos were targeting him massively, almost to the point of like ruining their sets. Like mm. sometimes the, like it would be like a late pass all the way across to get Catewell or whoever it was, a wide running forward on him constantly. Now he, it, it says he missed six tackles, but SJ from a few years ago, it's the way he missed those yeah. tackles. It would have been jumping out, you know, letting him go past and trying to tackle him. <clears throat> what I loved about SJ's performance is there wasn't a time that I watched anyway, and maybe there's clips, but that I watched where he didn't put his body in front to get the contact. And he may not have, he may have been bumped off, but he still put his body in front. And that's all you can ask from your seven. 
It's all you can ask. It's, a, it's amazing what just a clean bill of health can do for you. Like I, I, I know he had the the lingering calf injury for a little bit there, but just the fact that he's strung together twenty five odd games this year, what it does for your confidence in D and getting in front mm. and just such a cha- game changer. Um, I will say, I thought uh, I know that he suffered a, a head knock towards the end. I thought Wade Egan defensively <laughs> really struggled with that big, big Broncos pack. Now it's it's probably. A bit harsh to, to specifically talk about him because I think that most nines struggle with that big Broncos pack. But it was a game where I thought, um, yeah, he didn't really have the same impact he usually has over that 60, 70 minute. I know he's only on for 70, 60 minutes or so. Uh, yeah, he struggled a little bit, but I don't think that's on him. I just think that that Broncos forward pack is a nightmare for any number nine outside of maybe your best defensive nines, whereas Egan's known for his craftiness around the ruck. So I did think he struggled a little bit through the ruck there. Incredible season for Egan, though. Didn't we put the uh, jinx on uh, Adam Pompey and his goal kicking last week? Yeah. We wrapped him galore. I think he'd gone seven from eight in the last two weeks, and then poor bastard went 0 from three there. Yeah. Yeah, far yeah, out. Guilty of that. Yeah he, yeah, he struggled big time, unfortunately. Um, who else stood out for you, boys? Was that about it? Oh, I think that just oh, major, mate. mate. Yeah. yeah, really good year for the the Warriors, and you know, a guy like Egan, who he's been nominated, hasn't he, for Dalian Hooker yeah. of the Year? What an incredible achievement! As he achievement. should, yeah, like, yeah, as he should. And if he wins it, I, w- I wouldn't push that hard back against it. I do think like Harry Grant has had some really really good games, but he was a little bit quiet there for a period. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't be shocked if Egan does pip him. Oh, I think it'd be almost fair to call Egan the most consistent hooker this year. He's been so good. He's been so good. Uh, and you could tell he was going out on his shield. Bloody hell, he's throwing himself at tackles towards the end there. Yeah. So much so he freaking knocked himself out. Talk about a warrior by nature as well. That bloke, he gets beaten up oh. and he gets head knocks every game. Mate, and just keeps... Yeah. Doesn't take a backward step. And, and uh, as I said, like, okay, he did struggle with those big boppers. But he didn't. He never stepped away from the contact, which you just got to respect. A little fellow like that. Imagine dealing with Haas, Flegler, and Carrigan running you like that. Oh, nightmare stuff. Now onto the Brizzy Broncos. I'm going to be 100 percent honest. When Selwyn Cobbo <laughs> ran down and tackled Charles Duke Clookstad <laughs> without even looking, and then Jesse Arthur's dropped a sitter, I thought my nightmares have come to life. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that we were about to watch a boil over and the boys had got it ahead of themselves, the, the crowd, everything was just getting to their heads and they just weren't focused. So for the first 20, 30, even half, if you wanted to be generous, I was like, oh, I think the, I think the boys might have been, their, their, their uh, completion rate is terrible, they're making way too many errors, they're getting ahead of themselves. But similar-ish to the, the storm side, they came out in the second half, they calmed down, and they went back to what they do best, which is taking their opportunities when they come, but also completing at a bit of a higher rate. Really, really good win for the, for the Warriors. I will say they still didn't get near to where they could play potentially. I think their best rugby league is still away away from that performance. But a 42-12 win and then a 26-0 win the week before, geez, you can't ask for much more than that. The, uh, the Selwyn Cobbo tackle on – who was it, sorry? Chance, I think. Chance, yeah. yeah. I was actually um, – I was stuck in, in a bit of traffic on the way home, so I missed the very start, and all my group chats just all said the same thing. Jesus, Selwyn. And I thought, oh, this is so exciting. I can't wait to see what it is, and yeah. it did not disappoint. Oh it was unreal. God. Talk about just, like, losing your head. 
But, he, yeah. but then later in the game, he made a break down that edge where I thought, oh, he's going to be tempted to kick or throw a wild pass in field Smart. here. Just took the tackle. Yeah. But then later on in that game, he made one of the greatest yeah. runs all time and kicked instead of passing to Walsh. Oh, <laughs> pass to Walsh or anyone else and they score. <laughs> I'd say if he didn't even kick or pass, he probably scores himself. Yeah, probably. He just wanted to see me dance. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was such interesting um, just seeing how that game unfolded and how the Broncos responded, as you said, Kempi, to what was a poor start. The Cobo, like, brain snap and the Warriors scored early. All the pressure was on the Broncos and you're just like, okay, this Uh-oh. is going downhill very early. Yeah. Pressure at the big stage. Can they handle it? Can they not? It was looking grim. Said some early mistakes. Finished the game with an 82% completion. Yeah. 42-12, dominant victory. Like... The 82% completion is fantastic, mm. don't get me wrong. But, you know, it was a slow start by them, a very initial part of that game. There's a lot more they can offer the Broncos. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because of how they play, but, God, it didn't feel like 82% to didn't. me. It didn't at all. And I think it's because the first half was so yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, 82%, like, if you had have showed me that stat, I'd mm. be like, Bloody oath, what a game. Mm. Second but, half must have been huge. Yeah, whereas like when you watch the game, you're like, geez, Louise, this is like 70% completion rate. I will say, far out Payne has like, yes, we can talk about his incredible feats and the way he plays, whatever, but the 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 way he carries almost uh, hold the same weight as a veteran speaking to everyone going, boys, fucking settle down and let's just go forward. Like, I, the amount of times that he just straightens up our attack and almost says to everyone, boys, just fucking tuck it and let's run and we'll roll over them and we'll get the points. And I, I thought that was a, like a real takeaway from the game where he may not be the most vocal behind the, the line, the goal line, or the most vocal on the field, but his carries speak volumes. And I, the, the energy that the team take from that, it's almost as valuable as the actual carry, which is usually incredible. The, as I said, the amount of times where we were looking a bit sideways and we, you know, things weren't going our way, and Payne has just said, "Give me the bloody ball," and he would just go fucking ham straight ahead, and it would just change our whole sets. You could see the the energy being fed off by the rest of the boys, and I, I think it's a really good example of not all leaders need to be verbal leaders. Yeah. Here's a real. I'm going to lead with my actions and get on my get on my back. I also think, as I said earlier, geez, you could tell he was out there to go. You know what? Adam Fennell, Blake, you want to go toe-to-toe? Let's see who the best man is. He took it personal. He took it real personal, and I love that about Payne Haas. Imagine running out onto a field and realising that Payne Haas has taken it personal with you. (laughs) Miss me with that. I think it shows you maturity because remember his origin debut where he was out smiling on the field? And it was a real point of contention with people of like – does he understand the gravity? And I think people were a little bit harsh on him for one. Like we yeah. have, he's a teenager. But I do think that this version of pain probably wouldn't go out and smile in that situation for two reasons. Because he knows what the media will do, they'll run with it. But also just the message it might send to the boys around him. Yeah. Whereas this version of pain has, he's going out there going, I'm not just happy to be there. Whereas I, I look at that origin series, although I don't think he played poorly at all, but he was almost like, I'm a rookie, I'm 19 years old, I'm just like, I've got a Blues jersey on, how good is this? And I think this version of pain is a very, very scary pain to deal with because you're not looking at him going, oh, he's just happy to be there or he's young or whatever, even though he's still only 23. He's becoming confident in his ability to be better than his opposition, which is the scariest state you can have pain in because when as soon as he... 
I know it sounds stupid, but when he realizes how much better he is, as we saw on the weekend, he absolutely decimates teams. I was actually thinking on the weekend, just watching him, and obviously, you know, that was at a packed out Suncorp Stadium, everyone cheering him on, like how different it was only 18 months ago. Yeah. The entire Suncorp booing him. And I was just thinking, like, fuck, the way that all played out, it might have been the best thing for Brisbane ever, just to completely humble this guy, mm. completely. And. Yeah, I, I think he's just matured so much and I think he's realised how important he can be to the Broncos and I think he's also realised probably more so how important the Broncos are to him. Mm. It's scary. Yeah, and, and maybe, I don't, look, the booing, everyone has a right to do what they want because, you know, you, you pay, you, obviously you've got a right within reason, but you pay for your tickets, you sit down or whatever and they were expressing how they felt about it. I do think that he was maybe um, misled with some people above him that, yep. that released those things. But... So he may not have deserved it to a degree, but you're right. Even if he didn't deserve it, I love the fact that he's such a fighter. He didn't run away from it. He, he faced it front on and said, you know what? I'm going to make you love it. It's actually very true. I agree with you. I don't think he did deserve it, but it served the same purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. And, he, and he, he, turned it, he turned and faced it head on and said, you know what? I'm not, I don't need to say anything. I'm going to make you love me again. And now, look where he is. He is one of the most beloved players at the Broncos. And the players love him more than anything. And he didn't need to say a word. Not a word was said about it. The only thing he said about it was what was a bit confronting when it happened, which as it would. Could you imagine your mm. own fans after everything you'd done? Yep. Um, but geez, he's turned into a beast. Yeah, you let your actions do the talking. And when every single game he comes out and runs for 150 plus metres, if not 200 plus metres, and just rolls up his sleeves, takes the tough carries, week in, week out, plays as many minutes as are needed of him, steps up on the big stage in finals football, how could you not love him? Oh, mate. 19 runs, 228 metres, 91 post-contact, two tackle breaks, a line break, which was, it was scaring, but also entertaining. Did anyone have... Any idea he had those afterburners on him? <sighs> Mate, like, as I said, I feel like we've just, we're spoiled with Payne Haas. We're so used to him doing this that we're just like, oh, how good Payne Haas. That should not happen. That mm. should not happen with a guy that big. Well, not only it shouldn't happen, it has never happened. No. Unbelievable. <laughs> Three offloads, 33 tackles, zero misses, as usual, zero errors. Like, tell me a front rower that's doing those kind of numbers. It's just in a prelim final. That's why I am so, so, so excited to see him against the Panthers because it's all well and good doing against the, you know, we everyone knows Payne Hass is a step above most teams, but if he does something similar-ish against the Penrith Panthers, it, it goes into territory of uh, one of the greater knocks of all time. And that's where it's so, it's unbelievable in this comp that like I just spoke about the Warriors. I said, hey, you're better than 14 other sides, but you're not as good as those top two. Now you could say the same about a Broncos. They're better than 15 other sides, but are you better than that one? Mm. Are they on their own tier? Yeah. As it's, yeah, as it stands, no, they're not. It could be different in seven well, days' time. Well, interesting, it's, it's one for one this year. They won round one, they lost the second mm. game. So this will be, this is the tiebreaker. And if Broncos win, it means that they're a better club, like, overall. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. This bloke. This guy. <laughs> it, it erases their last two premierships, in my opinion. Just my opinion. <laughs> um, but what, what a test, though. And how interesting that two of the youngest squads in the competition are in the grand final. And so I was thinking about this on the way to the podcast this morning. What I hope comes from this grand final, obviously I hope Broncos win, but you remove that. What I hope as a rugby league fan we get from this is one of the greatest rivals in the modern era, rivalries in the modern era, because you've got two extremely young 
teams. Now, I know Renault's a bit towards the end, but I do have confidence the Broncos will be able to bring someone else in. Really, relatively young packs. We could be seeing these guys for the next five years play some of the highest quality rugby league we've ever seen. Because when you look at these two squads, their ages, the way they play, mm. the level that they're at, this could be the start of a special rivalry. And it could be like an origin sort of rivalry. Yeah. Granted, half your Broncos team is New South Welshmen, but there are a few oh, Queenslanders wow. sprinkled in there. <laughs> it's really, really Your halfback, your front row forward, your centre. It's all the guys we've spoken about so far. Yeah. I wonder why they get that blue jersey on and they just don't seem to... Oh, don't turn on your boys. Careful. I'm turning on the blues. Careful. <laughs> you know why? Because they probably should be in a maroon jersey because they are a week in, week out. So what you're saying, that they're not big game players. Well, it's <laughs> a very good point, Ken. Nice what yeah. I'm saying yeah. is, is that blue jersey seems to poison them. That's what I'm saying. I didn't win a spoon in a blue jersey. <laughs> 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 oh, well, hopefully you can win an orange series over the next 10 years or so. I won't hold my breath. <laughs> um, I will say that Payne House was outstanding for you guys. This series. He always is. He was one of your best. Right. Um, I can't wait for Origin next year. Holy shit. <laughs> I know it's so far away, but like, can you imagine the fucking build up? <laughs> and like, it's Origin. Anyone can win. I hate this idea that people go, oh, yeah, you know, this team's just going to dominate. Like, no way. This is Origin. Kempi, oh, we've been going for three hours already. I don't have time for a 2024 yeah, yeah, yeah. preview. <laughs> apologies, apologies. I just, I just, I love, I want to know what the what directions New South Wales head in, and I just think I think it's a 50-50 ball game heading into this next series. Uh, okay, talk about your thing. fucking Broncos for the love of God, please. Yeah. All, right. All right, sorry boys, sorry boys. Uh, Ezra Mam, I thought was outstanding, and I, I personally, maybe it's unfair to say this because it's a final series, uh, and you wouldn't count that towards season. But for me, he's Dalian six of the year. Dalian Six of the Year is a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There's no one really, like, I saw Munster won the, the Rugby League Players Association mm. 5-8, and I sort of went, oh, really? I and think I had to look at the options, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, like, I would have had halfway through the season Cody Walker shitting into it, mm. and he faded. Ezra's been pretty damn consistent this year. I just love that he just plays his role in this team. Mm. He just, he doesn't overplay his hand. He just chimes in where he's needed here and there, and he, he just fits <coughs> his side perfectly, like, Literally 18 months ago, we were going, yeah, good highlights in reserve grade. He's probably a little bit too raw for first too grade. Too soon. Now too he's soon. going into a grand final and I'm not worried. Yeah, like, and no one's even talking about the fact that Ezra Mam's going into a grand yeah. final. Like it has not been <laughs> spoken about. And also, he was one of the best on the field in a prelim. Like he was so good on the weekend. So, uh, yeah, I thought he was outstanding. That, and I just that think, try score was some saucy shit. Like, oh, you, you, you look at it when he takes on the line there. There wasn't much in front of him. He's mm. just going, we're going at speed. We've half got him on the back foot. I'll take him on. Mm. He create. He made it look like something was on, but oh, he created that just went out of nothing. It was brilliant. There was honestly nothing better in rugby league than a good left foot step. Really? Because especially when you get – it was a really – was it Smoothie that threw that ball or, or Walters? Whoever it was, that long ball, which makes the defence panic and run overs instead of running up and straight and then out – which Ezra Mam just identified immediately and just went bang straight. As soon as he touched it, bang a left foot. And oh. even to like not knock that on, far out and get it on. Oh, great try. Um, as I said, I've said it so many times, but he really is, out of all the players, he reminds me the most of the 90s Broncos. Like just an absolute excitement machine. And some of his hits in defense, unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's good to see, obviously, the Broncos back to where they should be, but it's good to see them with guys like Ezra Mam, like Reese Walsh, who are just. Lights out entertainment mm. players, oh, which is mate. what the Broncos are always built on. Yep. Uh, I mean, we've got to speak about him. Reese Walsh. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just three try assists, 146 meters, four tackle breaks, a line break, six try, six line break assists, um, two offloads. It's just... He is seriously on the trajectory to be the game's biggest ever superstar. If he continues this kind of highlight real stuff and he stays in a side, whether it's Broncos or somewhere else, that's making grand finals, he would probably be the game's biggest ever superstar. Uh, who was it? Was it Sam Thide? I was watching a maybe nine, and they were talking about there are people that are genuinely acting like they've never – like he's like – the Harry Styles of... Uh, yeah, Corey Parker went on Corey Parker, one of the great yeah. rants of all time calling him Harry Styles. Yeah. Because, like, there are, like, young girls crying, people lying in front of buses. Like, that's the pandemonium. It's like when Timmy goes to Kuma. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's why You said beat it. me to the punch there. I was about to jump in on you. <laughs> Too quick. But I, I, he's got a long ways to go in regards to runs on the board, in regards to achievements, in regards to all that. But when you play like this... A highlight machine, he genuinely could be one of the game's biggest superstars. Tell you what, one of the things that I think typifies how good he is, and it's the shape they run with him when he sweeps out the back, like, and particularly when they do it out of their own end, mm. because most fullbacks, when they sweep out the back of their, more often than not, going to be their back rower, it's all about timing, to strip, like, with how good defences are in the NRL these days, to strip them and get them on the edge. Everything has to be perfect timing. So they run real tight to their back row. It's the last second they go and it has to be perfect. Reese Walsh gets it so deep mm. and they just go, Reynolds or Mam or whoever is getting the ball, go as deep as you want because you just need the space in front of you and you will carve them a bit. You are too quick. You are too talented. Your footwork <laughs> is too good. They won't touch you. Mm. And just about any other fullback in the NRL, I think it's a good lesson for the Knights and Caelan Ponga because he's in a similar mould where he could do it as well. But you do it that deep, they go, sweet. They get extra bodies over there. They tackle you. It fizzles out. With Reese Walsh, it's just like, okay, well, I go through that hole, that hole, mm. that hole. How am I going to beat you up? Well, it's, it's, it's so deep. It's such a, it's such a good shout because <clears throat> his isn't about timing. His is about space. Mm, yeah. So all you need to do is go, we just need to give him a 20-metre corridor. Whereas I think a lot of other fullbacks coming around the back and ball players, they're going, we need a certain player to jam in. We need to create an overlap. Whereas with Reese Walsh, they're going, we just need to give you a 20-metre corridor and then you decide what you're going to yeah. do. And that's a scary prospect because you can give that to him even off slow play the ball sometimes. Even if they get a slow play the ball, as long as Reynolds holds his man, he's basically going to get 20 metres on the edge there. That's with the big sweeping plays. And then on the shorter sides, he needs, let's say, 10 metres, but just with two players rather than three players or however many players are outside him. And that's the scary thing is... How do you create an environment where he doesn't get that space? Really, the only way you can is by premeditating and going and jamming in, but then he hits short, so... Or, or yeah, it's like to try and take any of that time off him and allow time to get enough defenders across there, you just really have to dominate their middles. And who's going to dominate the Broncos' middles? Mm. Maybe Penrith this weekend, but, yeah. like, that's it. You mentioned it. 
Or I mentioned it before, like with the Melbourne Storm spine, and, and you need your pack going forward. Walsh doesn't necessarily need that, which is I think he's the only player in the NRL who doesn't. Mm. Yeah, seriously, because he's one of those rare situations where if you jam in, we know for a fact that he can make the big play, which is over the top. The other, not as hard play, but you still got to make the right decision, the short ball. And then he's got Renault inside him, arguably the best short kicker in the game. He just goes, if you're jamming in so much, I'm just going to kick over to Selwyn Cobbo, which we actually saw on the weekend, but it was one of the worst bounces in the history of mankind that oh. went over Selwyn. So it just puts defences in. It's almost like, it, it, look, it's important in every single game, but heading into this grand final, what's so important for Penrith Panthers is field position. You just need to make sure that they don't get good field position. Look, if they want to risk it coming out of their own end, good on them. Let them risk it. But basically, Penrith Panthers need to go, and we'll get into it a bit more. We just can't let him in our 20. Because at some point, he will score a try. Um, but yeah, he was amazing. Didn't last weekend. Oh. Well, we'll set up a try. I jinxed him. Last weekend? Didn't he score? Oh, this weekend. Storm? Oh, this weekend. Sorry, this weekend. Yeah. yeah, he had him as his try scorer. Oh. Took him Six a line break assists and no yeah. try. And three try assists. Not very often you lose on a dollar thirty bet. It's Ooh. unlucky. Conspiracy. You know what? You're, you're, That's karma. I dominated all year the tipping. Oh. But you guys had to go to the heart <laughs> of it. And you had to go to Kevy Wild to say, mate, Reese Walsh cannot score because we can't let this bloke oh, win another week. Give me a break. Um, Adam Reynolds, I thought he was really you know, calm and collected. I, I will say there were periods in that first half where I was like, I think Renault needs to rein him in a bit. And just, boys, fucking calm down. And let's just get into the, the, the groove of things. So clearly that half time came at a perfect time for Brisbane because whatever they said at half time must have been, boys, let's calm down here. Let's yeah. just get through our sets. We will score points. And they were almost a different side when they came out in the second half. Who stood out for you, Guru? Uh... Oh, we already spoke about Herbie. We already spoke about Reese Walsh, uh, mate. There was one the back row that comes off the bench. Palacio had a he had a bad knock on with one of his first touches. Here, Cora. No, or I thought Palacio. Palacio, sorry, he, he had a bad knock row. on with front row. Sorry, yeah. he had a bad knock on with one of his first touches yeah. coming out of their own end. But then after that, I thought he was really good. I think he played. 40-odd minutes. He played 52, 52. minutes. Um, got through 168 run metres off 19 runs. I thought he was really good. 70 post-contact. Mm. He was solid. Mate, he's a uh, huge signing for the Titans. Titans. I think he's going to be so yeah. good for them. Um, and in the, I felt so sorry for him because that little knock-on he had, he actually had gotten that out of his game. And yep. he'd been so good. And he was outstanding <laughs> on the weekend. And I felt real sorry for him because you could see on his face that he was like, oh, I got that shit out of my game. Because there was a period there where he struggled with it a little bit. Um, but I love his bounce back. He was filthy with himself. Yeah, because he, he had worked yeah. so, so hard. Um, and you, you're right. It, it's, I think Palacia from last year, if that happens, he almost goes into his shell a little bit. But this, this version of Palacia and the maturity, like he had 19 runs, 168 metres, 70 post contact, a tackle break, 22 tackles, two offloads. It's a great knock from a, a front rower coming off the bench. A yeah. really good knock. You know who else I thought was all right? A guy that I didn't expect to be in this... Uh, the guy that I didn't expect to be playing in a grand final this year was Jesse Arthurs. I thought he held his own out there. Yeah, outside of that first error? That f first one, outside of that, yes. But I, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah. No, that's... I mean, that's why he got selected over... Oaks. Like, all, all things considered, going up against that Warriors right edge yeah. where they've carved up every single team in this competition, I thought he did well. Yeah. No, good, did really well to recover because you could tell that was a nervous drop. Like, yep. he doesn't drop them. He barely ever drops them. It was a... Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.